Hello, Dick. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Yeah, really well, thank you. And lots going on as far as free agency, etc. in the NFL. And uh, your reaction to the comeback player of the year, Geno Smith, quarterback there, signing a three-year extension at the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I was just uh, joking with Jono off the air that uh, that our three three weeks that we get every February where not much uh, happens in American sports is most definitely over. When the calendar turns to March, it's been a... Uh, it's been a crazy week, and uh, yeah, we'll start with Geno Smith. Uh, rarely do you get a deal in football or in any sport, really, where a fan can legitimately look at it and say, that was well done by the player, and that was well done by the team. And because usually the opinion is, man, that, that player made way too much money, or that uh, that player did not do a good job, and he got stuck with a bad contract, and and uh, for, for what Geno Smith has done, which is really play about two-thirds of a, an outstanding season for the Seahawks, and then he kind of tailed off towards the end, but did, did bounce back in the playoffs, have a pretty good game against San Francisco. He just didn't have a long legacy of playing well because he's been on the bench most of his career. And when he did start at the beginning of his career, uh, he didn't do anything for the Jets. So he didn't have a lot of leverage to make big, big-time money but the Seahawks did reward him nicely. He's going to make about $70 million, $75 million over the first two years of his contract. The Seahawks can get out of it uh, pretty easily after one year. We're still waiting to see all the exact financials from it. It was originally reported as a three-year, $105 million contract. But you know how agents do. It doesn't matter what con- uh, country we're in. Agents will throw out bigger numbers than are actually <laughs> correct uh, just so Twitter jumps on those. But uh, the actual deal is going to be more like a two-year, 70 to $75 million deal, which I think uh, is very good for both sides. Well, we know that Derek Carr is going to the Saints. Is that going to be a good fit? I think it will. Uh, it was funny seeing Michael Thomas, their number one wide receiver, actually number two wide receiver now behind uh, Chris Olave. But Michael uh, Michael Thomas just uh, – put uh, praying hands up on Twitter and said, thank you, Jesus. I think he's tired of the Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston horror show throwing footballs down in, uh, down in New Orleans. I've always been a fan of Derek Carr. Um, I think he's been one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL because nobody really uh, talks about Derek Carr when they talk about the truly – he's not a truly great quarterback, but I think he's a good to very good quarterback in the NFL, and, and I think this is a good length of time. It's going to be about three years, $100 million, which is the actual value of the contract. It was reported just kind of like Geno's was, reported inflated. It was reported as a four-year, $150 million deal, but the Saints can easily get out of it after three seasons. So uh, I think it's a good fit for for both. And what it does in that division, guys, because that that was the division without a quarterback. I mean, not one of the four teams had a good quarterback until yesterday, and now the Saints have one. So while I wouldn't make the Saints the prohibitive favorite, uh, I certainly would make them the favorite right now until some other team in that division can show me that they're going to have a, a reasonable option at quarterback going into the year. What's the latest with Aaron Rodgers, buddy? Man, it, it, things have really taken off really in the last like three or four hours. Um, we saw the first report was that uh, Aaron, I think it was late last night, ESPN reported that uh, Aaron Rodgers was talking to the Jets. Well, that leads the obvious question. Well, he's under contract with the Packers. How can he be talking to the Jets unless, A, it's tampering, or, B, 
the Packers have given him permission to talk to the Jets. Now it's just come out in the last hour or so that the Packers did, in fact, give Aaron Rodgers permission to talk to the Jets. So, man, we it really looks like we're headed toward a Packer-Jet trade right now for Aaron Rodgers. It's all wow. going to... It's all going to be determined by how much the Jets are willing to give up for Aaron Rodgers, and and because he's still under contract with the Packers, the Packers just aren't going to give him away for nothing. But I do think the Packers are very tired of Aaron Rodgers, and I think they are intrigued by what Jordan Love can bring their football team, and they're ready to kind of start over. So I think any reasonable package for Aaron Rodgers will be accepted. Um, but the Jets can't lowball. Uh, the Packers or else it's going to look bad on the Jets side and and the Packers are just going to hang on to Aaron Rodgers and either try to find another trade partner or play him for one more year. Is Lamar Jackson going to be the Baltimore Ravens quarterback next season in your opinion? Oh man, I think they're going to I think they're going to franchise him. I don't think they want to give him a long-term contract. And as I've mentioned before to you guys numerous times, I don't think they should give him a long-term contract, especially for the type of money that he's looking for. I mean, he's looking for Deshaun Watson type money. He's looking for guaranteed dollars. And, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is the only quarterback to be given a fully guaranteed contract. And every other team in the NFL is looking at that deal and saying, there is no way in heck we are going to give anybody a fully guaranteed contract. The Browns are idiots for giving Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract. So Lamar can want it all he wants, but Lamar Jackson's numbers have declined. He is starting the backside of his career because he is a quarterback, even though he's not old, he is a quarterback that really relies on athleticism much more than accuracy. And so I think they franchise him. I think maybe they try to continue. When you franchise somebody, and you have to do it really um, in the next hour or so before the deadline. If they franchise him, then they have a couple more months that they can work out a deal with him. So they guarantee a contract for one year by franchising him at $32.5 million dollars. And it extends the life of when they can uh, negotiate a long-term deal. But another team can come in, if they do franchise, another team can come in, offer two first-round draft picks for Lamar Jackson. And if Baltimore approves that, then they would be able to trade him for those two first-round draft picks. I think they'd like to do that and start over at quarterback and get one of these young stud quarterbacks that are in this year's draft. But uh, yeah, that's that maybe it's not as dire a situation as the Aaron Rodgers green Bay thing is, but I think, I think Lamar Jackson's kind of wearing out his welcome in Baltimore, just like Aaron Rodgers is wearing out his welcome in green Bay. Now, Dick, I see, keep seeing Tom Brady linked to teams, even though he's retired for the second time. But uh, what, the Miami Dolphins, the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, what are the chances, realistically? Well, there's a lot of smoke out there. And Tom Brady, just in the last hour, has a lot has happened on Twitter in the last hour. I'm glad I was on my phone and checking these things out because I wouldn't be able to give you very good reports if I've been off my phone all morning long. But uh, Tom Brady, just in the last hour, tweeted out, uh, you know, if you think uh, if you think I'm coming back, you've never adopted a two month old kitten for your daughter, basically saying I don't have I don't have time to play NFL football because I've just adopted a new kitten kitten for my uh, for my daughter. It's, you know, Tom Brady's jovial way of saying I'm not coming back, although every time he's been asked straight up, 
He was just on a, a national show on Fox last week. Uh, you know, when he's at, been asked straight up, are you retiring? He kind of gives a wishy-washy answer. And so I think as long as he gives wishy-washy answers, mm. people are going to speculate because there's always Surely a team that's going to want Tom done. Brady. Surely. Oh, mate, it's you his, second, it's, well, it's his second retirement in 12 months. Yeah. He's got to be done. Yeah, Brett Favre, uh, Brett Favre, I think, set the all-time record, though. I mean, I, I swear Brett Favre retired like four times. <laughs> so maybe Tom Brady is going to try to break Brett Favre's record. <laughs> now, Dick, what is it with yeah. basketballers and guns in strip clubs? <laughs> oh, man, John Morant. I mean, are you kidding me, man? You have got the entire world wrapped around your finger. You are the most exciting player in the league. You are dynamic. You are young. You are marketable. You, I mean, everybody would love to have the career trajectory that John Morant has. And he goes and does something stupid like taking a gun into a strip club or a nightclub and filming it on Instagram, like celebrating it, throwing it around in front of his phone. And it's, I just don't understand what he's doing. And he has got to straighten this out. And we know that the level of talent that someone has is directly proportional to the amount of chances they get in a professional sports league. So John Morant's going to get a ton of chances because he is supremely talented, but he is walking down the wrong path right now. And hopefully he gets the right people around him to give him the type of advice and say, listen, this is your last controversy, man. You shut up, you play basketball, and you'd be a good person from here on out because you could make, I mean, you could make over a billion dollars over the next 10 to 12 years. If you play your cards right, you could make over a billion dollars in endorsements and salary from the NBA. So just knock it off, man. Something like this, though, Dick, does that have his future earnings or will people tend to look past this and go well that was a mistake it all depends on what the next year or two looks like for John Morant I mean I think we're, we are quick to forget we are quick to forgive if John Morant is not in the news for anything other than his basketball over the next year we're, we're all going to forget about that Instagram post but if this is a pattern and continues to be a pattern then yes the, the endorsements will go first I think teams will still, you know, as long as he's not in jail, I mean, I think teams will still want John Morant and still pay John Morant to be a basketball player, but the endorsements will certainly suffer. Dick, where are the Lakers at, buddy, without LeBron, and how long's he out for? Well, you know, the, the, the length we don't quite know. But we talked last week, we, we, we supposed seven games, right? And I said if the Lakers can go three and four without LeBron – then they can stay in this thing. Well, they've played four games since then, and they're two and two. So they've actually played some pretty decent basketball since he's been out. And Anthony Davis is putting the team on his shoulders and has played very, very well. And they're still they're still on the outside looking in, but they're that next team out looking in. So if they can continue again to tread water and play around 500 basketball while LeBron is out, I mean, that's all it takes to stay in the playoff race is 500 basketball because you're probably going to have an under 500 team be the 10 seed in the uh, in the Western Conference. So as long as they can do that, and then maybe it turns out that this rest is exactly what LeBron needs and you have a nice, fresh LeBron coming back in mid to late March, then then the, the Lakers are, are a live 
player at least to get into that top 10 and get into the playoff, uh, into the play-in games. Dick, uh, as a Knicks fan, um, you know, this is probably the best run it feels like we've had since Jeremy Lin. Uh, nine straight wins, <laughs> fifth in the East at the moment. How seriously should they be taken by the likes of the Bucks and the Celtics and the 76ers, I guess, in the East? Um, I think I think there's a pretty sizable gap between those teams that you just mentioned and the Knicks, even though in the standings it says the Knicks are only four games behind the, the Sixers. I, I do think there's a, a fairly bold line underneath the 76ers uh, with the top three and the rest of the teams in the in the Western Conference, but that can't that doesn't say that the Knicks can't win, you know, uh, get into the final four in the East. I mean, they're they're absolutely live to be that fourth team. I mean, I think we would all be surprised if the Eastern Conference Finals weren't the Celtics and or the Bucks against the 76ers and then the other teams, Celtics or Bucks that are not playing the 76ers against one of these teams and the Knicks are one of them. I mean, it's the Cavs, it's the Knicks, it's Brooklyn, it's Miami. I mean, those are the teams you're looking at right now that are going to be that fourth team in the Eastern Conference Finals and boy, or in the Eastern Conference Semis, rather. And boy, would the NBA not love to have an Eastern Conference Semifinals and you get like Milwaukee and the 76ers in one of them and you get Boston against New York in the other one? I mean, that would be the NBA's dream. And uh, I see it started well in Phoenix with Kevin Durant. They've won their first three games since he's been on the floor for them. Yeah, and they're and they're a legit now. They're a legit team that can get to the NBA Finals. Um, we needed to see if it was going to work. It looks like it is working. I mean, we don't have a lot of a sample size, but we have enough sample size to know that uh, you know Chris Paul certainly isn't worried about it. He was asked he was asked this week about you know how do you think Kevin Durant's going to fit in? You know how long do you think it'll take to fit in? And Chris Paul just kind of looked at the reporter and said. He's Kevin Durant, man. <laughs> He's, what do you mean? How's he going to fit in? He's Kevin Durant. So I don't think they're too worried about it. But uh, they're a legit threat to the Nuggets, uh, even though they're 10 games behind them in the, uh, in the East. I think there's a, there's a – let me put it this way. There's a lot less gap between the Nuggets and the Suns than there is between, like, the Celtics and the Knicks. Uh, I'll put it that way. Uh, I think the Suns absolutely play the Nuggets and beat them in a seven-game series. And the Grizzlies are kind of a mess right now with this Morant suspension. They've lost two in a row, and even though they're the two seed, you know they're they're not a they're not a scary two seed right now the way they're playing. And the Kings have never been there before. They're a super young team that have never been there before. So you look at a team like the Suns and the Warriors at the four and five spot in the Western Conference, and those two teams are every bit as dangerous as the one seed Nuggets are. Finally, Dick, the Players' Championship, one of the best tournaments ah. of the year, this at Sawgrass. And Aussie Cam Smith's the defending champ. Of course, he can't defend it due to his defection to the Live Tour. He said he might join the galleries as he lives close by, though. That would be interesting. <laughs> uh, but uh, have you got a tip for us? How do you see it playing out? Yeah, I'm staying away from the guy. The, the only guy at the top of the, leader, uh, of the uh, odds board that I would even – look at would be Rory. Um, this is a, a minefield of a tournament. This is not a, this is a tournament where great players go to miss cuts. And uh, that normally doesn't happen. If you're a great player on the PJ tour, you're not going to miss the cut. You're, you're going to finish somewhere in the top 15 or 20. This is one historically where great players favorites have gone there and just 
you know, for whatever reason, haven't had it. Rory's probably the only guy that I think maybe is immune to that. So I'm looking down the board a little bit. One of the guys I'm looking at is your old Aussie, not your young Aussie. I'm looking at Jason Day. Jason Day is playing some really good golf right now. He likes this track. He's had very good success there. I think he's a good uh, he's a good option down there, and I think that's kind of the range. Uh, Keegan Bradley is really like the only American that I really like. All the other ones are uh, are internationals, Europeans like Victor Hovland and Terrell Hatton, and uh, and then you know Shane Lowry is another guy in that range, and then Jason Davy Aussie. So this is a, I think this is going to be a international dominated leaderboard. Thanks so much as always, mate. Let's hope Aaron Rodgers has a team next week a new team he might by the time we talk next week i I have a feeling this might happen fairly quickly okay great stuff thank you